Well, welcome to Grace this week, and everybody, good to see you, and thanks for taking the time out to uh, engage this conversation, and, uh, and thanks for taking the time to, to sit down and just be a part of the church community. I think it's really important uh, during this, these, this crazy times that we live in uh, that we anchor ourselves together and prioritize meeting together, so thank you for putting that high on your list as well. And we're in a series right now called Stops Along the Way and excited about this series. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. And what we're, what we're looking at is the idea that the disciples, the first followers of Jesus. So he had disciples. He actually had a ton of them. But we're kind of looking specifically at the 12, the inner core. And we're watching the way that Jesus made himself make sense to them. And basically what they would do is they would travel, they would kind of go where they needed to go. And along the way, Jesus would stop and he would reveal a part of his heart and a part of his mind to them. He would help them understand what he often called the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And he would show them something or teach them something or allow them to be a part of something. And as they took that journey, as they made these stops along the way, that's how they got a deeper understanding of who Christ is and how they learned to understand how he was asking them to respond to to him. Uh, So we've talked about a couple of these stops over the last couple of weeks. And this weekend, I want to take you to uh, another one of the stops. And we're actually going to look at two stops this weekend. And, and what, what we want to focus on is not so much the locations as the day that these stops occurred on. And they occurred on something called the Sabbath day. So let me show you these. Grab your Bibles if you got them and go to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. And uh, if you're using uh, your app, if you're on your phone or on a smart device or even your laptop... Uh, you can open up that app and you can find the notes and everything there as well. But Mark chapter 2, we're going to see Jesus do a couple of different things on the same day of the week, the day that the Bible calls the Sabbath. So let me show you this and then we'll talk about it. So verse 23, chapter 2 of Mark, one Sabbath Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and and in need? In, In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God He ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some of it to his companions. And then he said to them, this is the Pharisees. He says to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Now, chapter three, verse one, this is another Sabbath day. So they're still journeying around like they would, but this is now a second Sabbath day. Verse one, another time, Jesus went into a synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse him. That's those same Pharisees. So looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. 
So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. And then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how to kill Jesus. And so Jesus is going along the way. He's teaching his disciples that the inner circle as well as kind of everybody that he had picked up. And he's kind of going out of his way to make a point about the Sabbath. And he wants to lean into this idea of the Sabbath. He wants to lean into the, the Pharisees, these ancient Jewish religious leaders. He wants to lean into their kind of construct of the Sabbath, what, how they thought about it and what they demanded people do with it. And then he wanted to lean in with his own disciples and say, actually, there's a, there's a whole different way that you would see this day. And I want to show you how to see this day. Now, the question kind of becomes is, why is this day important, right? So what, what is the Sabbath and why is it a deal? And why is it a big enough deal that Jesus would make a big deal about it? And why are we talking about it all these years later? So let's, let's kind of pause for a second and talk about the Sabbath and why it's a deal with God and what it was created for. So when you think about the Sabbath, in, in kind of very strict terms, the Sabbath was a, a time frame from sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday, all right? So sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday. Uh, the, the Hebrew word for the Sabbath is the, the Shabbat, right? And it was a, it was a time that God's people were supposed to observe kind of that 24-hour window. So that Hebrew word Shabbat is an interesting word because it's used several times in the Bible. And when it's used in the, in the Bible, it, it, it's used in some very, very specific ways. And the ancient Hebrew ear would have understood uh, what it meant to observe the Shabbat or what we would say to observe the Sabbath. So the word Shabbat means several things. Uh, for instance, it means, it means the stop. So when you observe the Shabbat, you, you, you stop, or you observe the Sabbath, you stop. And it means that you stop all work, all work. Now that does not mean that you don't do anything physical. That's not what the, the word means. What it means is, is that the thing that I would labor at all week long, so if I'm a farmer, I don't farm on the Sabbath. If I'm a computer programmer, I don't computer program on the Sabbath. If I'm a, a teacher at a school, I don't teach on the Sabbath. It's the work or the occupational work that you want to stop during that 24-hour window. For that day, you want to stop it. The word Sabbath in Scripture also means to rest. It means to rest. And it doesn't mean just to like take a nap, right? It's more than like, I'm gonna take a nap. It means to rest the whole person or what the body would call our soul. 
So I'm to rest my, my soul. I rest physically. I, I want to rest mentally. But I also want to like rest spiritually. I want to try to not engage the burdens of the soul on that day. So I want to stop. I want to rest. And the third kind of category that the Bible would lay out is this idea of reconnect. That we reconnect your hearts and your minds to God. So God laid out this pattern in Scripture where he would, he started it with creation, where he would work six days and then even God himself rested. And then for his people in Israel, he put in this pattern and he started to call it the Sabbath or the Shabbat, where we would look, where God looked and said, I kind of want you to do that too. Uh, you, you can work six days, but I know who you are and I know how you're created and you need on that seventh day to kind of do what I did, you need to stop, you need to rest your body, your mind, and your soul, and then you need to, with intentionality, you need to reconnect with me, right? For, for six days of the week, you focus on your occupation, for six days of the week, you, you focus on your obligations. For six days of the week, you may go out of your way to bear a burden that, that is like a cultural burden or, or a kind of a global burden. But on the seventh day, you need to rest. You stop, you rest, and you give your energy to reconnecting with me. Uh, this is why on the seventh day, the people of Israel would worship. They would gather together. Today we'd say go to church. That we would gather, they would gather together. They would hear teaching from the word of God. They would sing together. They would kind of study together. They would engage in what we would say the body life of the church. And they set a day aside to do that. Because we're always working. We're always running we're always carrying burdens and God says, right, and I created you that you need a break, you need a pause, and you need a focus. You need to give your hearts and your minds and your energy to me again. So that's the Sabbath. And the, the big goal of the Sabbath was, was that a, a person would go into the Sabbath kind of weary, uh, maybe heavy laden is the way the Bible would say it, or there's, there's worry and concern on us. And maybe that busyness and that worry and concern has distracted or removed us from our focus on God. And so I bring all of that back to focus through this spiritual discipline called the Sabbath. And the goal is to come out of the Sabbath physically refreshed, and reconnected spiritually, right? That, that was the goal. So here are the disciples and Jesus, and they're working and moving on the Sabbath, and they've got Pharisees that are kind of spying on them. Like they're just taking a shortcut through a wheat field, and suddenly like a Pharisee jumps out and gets them. And, and so they see the disciples do something, take that head of wheat, 
probably rubbed it together with their hands and kind of ate like the nuts that would have come off the, the head of wheat. And they say, hey, you just worked on the Sabbath. You didn't stop. You didn't rest. You didn't you you worked on the Sabbath. And what had happened over time is the Sabbath, which was given to humanity by God for the blessing of humanity, had been taken by the religious leaders and turned into a burden itself where there were rules and regulations to the Sabbath. In fact, I have in my hand here, there were 39 different categories of rules that applied to the Sabbath. So things like this, they had rules about planting, plowing, reaping, gathering, threshing, withering, sorting, dissecting, shifting, kneading, cooking, shearing, scouring, carting, dyeing, spinning, warping, making two loops, weaving, segregating two threads, tying, untying, sewing, tearing, taping, killing, flaying, curing, smoothing, measuring, writing, easing, construction, dem uh, demolition, extingu extinguishing a fire, igniting a fire, final completion of a project, transferring between domains. Those were the categories. And they had hundreds and hundreds of rules that people were supposed to follow. And so when you came to the Sabbath, instead of stopping and instead of resting and instead of focusing on God, you got out your Sabbath rule book and you were tense and paranoid and concerned and fearful that you might violate one of the rules and one of the categories about the Sabbath. And the Pharisees would take those rules and then they would accuse you and, and they would focus on you and they would point to you and they'd say, ha, you violated the Sabbath. You broke the law of God, which is exactly what they were doing in the field that day. They looked and said, see, they gathered. There's a rule about that. And then they worked it with their hands. There's a rule about that. And then they ate it. There's a rule about that. They did what was unlawful on the Sabbath. Now it's fascinating. Jesus pipes in here, right? It's a fascinating like little fight that he picks. He, he pipes in here because he's looking at this idea of the Sabbath and he's looking and saying, man, something that a loving, gracious God gave to humanity, you are now like perverting and twisting and so he pipes in here and he says, I, I want to make something clear that you've lost sight of. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Isn't that fascinating? He, he looks at the Pharisees. He says, guys, you get this backwards. The Sabbath was a, a gift for humanity. The Sabbath was for the benefit of humanity. The idea that you would stop and rest and reconnect is something that you need. It's not that man was, was, was created to serve a rule. That man how somehow has to master these categories and be afraid of it. The Sabbath was a gift to you from a loving God, not a burden to you from an angry or frustrated God. See? 
And this would have been mind-boggling. It would have been mind-boggling not only to the Pharisees, but to the disciples who had grown up in a culture in which they were taught to fear the Lord of the Sabbath instead of embrace the Lord of the Sabbath, right? And why is this important to God? It's really fascinating when you, when you stop and think about it, why is God looking at something like the Sabbath and saying, this is important to me? It's important to God because God knows us, wants to connect with us, does what's best for us, and somehow God knows that we need to stop, rest, and reconnect. I, I came up with a phrase a little bit ago. I, I don't know even know if it's mine, frankly, but I've been using it a lot. And, and it's this phrase, I say that there's times that we become soul weary, soul weary. It's times in our life where it's beyond physical exhaustion. I've been up all night with a baby kind of a thing. I can't sleep tonight. It's beyond physical exhaustion. It's beyond emotional exhaustion. I don't have any more patience. I, I, can, I cannot, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. It's a soul exhaustion. The, the body is exhausted. The mind is exhausted. And our whole person, our soul, our spirit is exhausted. And we get to points in our life where we become soul weary. When you're soul weary, it's the times in life where you're just, you just want to give up. Like I'm just, I just give up on that relationship. You, you have spent me. I don't know what else to say. I don't know how else to act. I don't know what other idea to come to the table. I'm just exhausted to the depths of my soul. We want to give up on our faith, right? I've been praying about this and praying about this and trying to, trying to live what the scripture says. And like, I just feel like I'm up against a brick wall. I'm just soul weary. Sometimes we can become so desperate that we want to give up on life where we would look and say, I, I don't even know why. What's the point? Is it worth the struggle? Is it ever going to end? Is there an outcome to it? I am soul weary. And there's times in life that we feel like we're on the verge of giving up. There's times in life when we feel like we can't even engage a certain aspect of life. If anybody talks to me about COVID-19 again, I'm going to... If, if, any, if you bring up that subject again, how many times have we fought about that subject? Just don't even bring it up. I can't even engage it. I can't even engage this problem. I can't, I can't even think about what's going on in our culture right now. Like I can't even hear the news. I don't even want to see it come across my Twitter. I cannot handle it. See, I'm weary do you mean you need a, need a nap? No. You, you just need a break, like watch a movie? No. I'm like weary all the way 
down to my spirit. I am soul weary. And when we get to times like that, we even struggle to commune with God. You need some time with the Lord. I, I don't really want to spend time with the Lord. Church is just dry to me. I can like fill in the blanks before Jeff says it. Worship is just bouncing kind of off my ears. I, I feel distant from God. I feel distracted from God. I feel, I feel like God is, is away from me. And I don't even know if I want to try to pursue it. I'm just weary. It's in my bones, right? I am soul weary. And God would look at us and say, right, I know that. That our soul needs rest. When the body is weary, the mind becomes weary and the soul becomes weary. And it, it's not that we need a nap. It's not that we need a, a day off. It's that we need to stop and rest and reconnect with God. Now, this is what happens a lot of times. And I struggle with it, and you struggle with it, we all struggle with it. When we're tired and we're worn out, in our culture, our idea of rest is usually not rest, it's usually entertainment, right? So there's times in my, in, in my life, I do it too, where I'm like, I just wanna do something different. I wanna see a movie, I wanna go to Cedar Point, I wanna do whatever I wanna do. I don't need, I, I, I need some time away. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm sick of dealing with it. Therefore, I will distract myself, right? In fact, it's funny. Uh, this affects even our relationship with each other, the church a lot. Because when we're really, really tired and we're really, really soul weary, sometimes the last place we want to be is church. And so we'll, we'll head to the lake house or we'll go to the golf course or we'll stay home and work on the car or we'll get together with our friends and go do whatever. Like we'll try to entertain and distract ourselves back into energy and spiritual and emotional and even physical strength. And our culture tends to run that way. But here's the problem. When we do that, we actually just get more exhausted right? We have fun sometimes, but we don't stop, right? Because I, I like my job. I like to work. So I have fun, but I don't stop. I, I ha I'm entertained. It's a blast to go to Cedar Point or to see a good movie, but I, I don't rest, you know, how do you feel physically after a day at Cedar Point, <laughs> right? Or even a day at the lake skiing or whatever. Like, it's not rest. And so my soul doesn't reconnect. God is not, is not present per se in those things. There's not a focus. There's not a receiving from God. There's just a different set of actions instead of actions that really refresh and restore our soul. So it's fascinating that that's what we'll try to do, right? We'll, we'll do something because we know we need something, but we're filling our lives with things that actually don't benefit us. In fact, if we're not careful, they can harm us, right? I, uh, I work out occasionally, uh, 
every 60 to 90 days, I go to the gym for sure, right? And when I work out, I get hungry, right? I get hungry. It's a very natural thing. I've worked, I, I've moved, my body now wants to eat something. And after I work out and after I'm hungry, what I'm usually tempted to do is grab whatever food is within my arm's length. It's a Twinkie, it's some chips, it's a piece of pizza. In fact, I'll justify eating that stuff because I just worked out. Now, my wife Heidi works out every day. And when she works out, she has the exact same hunger pains that I do. But when she goes to eat, she's thoughtful about what she eats. So she's hungry, I'm hungry. I grab Twinkies, a pizza and some chips. She grabs like a chicken breast, some protein mix and a veggie drink. So I fill my stomach, she fills her stomach, but the results of what we filled it with produce a vastly different outcome. See, you, you can fill up on Twinkies, believe me, I know, right? You can fill up on Twinkies and you can fill up on lean protein and the Twinkies, although you're full, they will wind up harming you. The protein, although you're full, will wind up restoring you. See? Entertainment is fine. There's nothing sinful about having a Twinkie, right? But it will not restore my soul. It won't. It will distract my mind, but it won't restore my soul. The Sabbath is meant to restore the soul. And God looks at all of his people and says, that's what you need. You need to stop, rest, and reconnect. That's why Jesus goes on in part and he says this. He said that the, the, the Sabbath's made for man, man's not made for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. He's looking at the Pharisees. He's saying, guys, your, your 39 categories are Twinkies. You, you've made the Sabbath about a time frame and a day and a religious observance. The Sabbath is about a person. Today we would say Jesus. And I, I stop and rest and fill myself with Christ. See, he is Lord of the Sabbath. He, he's not just the creator of the Sabbath and make sure that God said to put it on the calendar. He's saying, no, I, I am the nourishment of the Sabbath. And when you fill your life with me, when you as a, as a rhythm of life, once a week, six days work, seventh stop. Six days, go, go at it. You know, pl play basketball and play Call of Duty and watch a movie and do golf and seventh day, rest. Six days, honor me in everything that you do. Seventh day, give me some special attention. Gather, learn, worship, be with the body. Schedule it. Because you can fill your stomach with Twinkies and you can fill your stomach with protein, 
and I am the Lord of the Sabbath. So you fill the Sabbath with me, not just the lake house or the soccer tournament, or you fill the Sabbath with me and I will refresh you, replenish you and help you. Now what's fascinating is that as the disciples and Jesus are journeying, kind of stop one. Remember I told you we're going to have two stops this week? Stop once was, was here in the wheat field where Jesus is like clarifying. The Sabbath is for man. Man's not for the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Stop two is again on the Sabbath. Look at it again. Verse three, chapter one. Another time Jesus went to the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of the Pharisees were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. So again, they're back in the categories, right? And they're saying, um, are you going to heal on the Sabbath? Are you going to break the rule again? And Jesus, he's got it in his mind. He's going to be like, I thought we covered this rule, right? So they're, they're checking it out. And then Jesus, knowing that they're checking it out, he does something pretty bold and a little bit in their face. He's making a point here in chapter three. So they want to see what he's doing. The man with the shriveled hand, verse three, Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. They're, they're looking and saying, is he going to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus is like, listen, we're going to clarify this Sabbath thing. Am I going to heal on the Sabbath? Hey, guy with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. We're going to show everyone what the Sabbath is all about. And then he asked this question in front of everybody, right? So the Pharisees are there, kind of the casual religious people who just went to church that weekend are there. And then, ready? The disciples are there. And they're trying to figure Jesus out. Right? They, they, they need to know what this is. So they're there, they're watching. Stand up in front of Everyone, the man does it. And then Jesus asks this question in verse four. Then he asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill, right? He looked at them. He says, guys, let's think through the Sabbath here for a minute. Are you allowed to do evil on the Sabbath? Or are you allowed to do good on the Sabbath? Are you allowed to kill on the Sabbath? Can you slaughter a goat? On the Sabbath, can you, if your kid is hanging off of a cliff, can you save your child on a Sabbath? You tell me your rules. What is lawful to do on the Sabbath? And what he's doing, he's, he's asking a question that has a, a very obvious conclusion. If the Sabbath is for man and man is not for the Sabbath, then doing good on the Sabbath is the spirit or the meaning of the Sabbath. Saving a life on the Sabbath is like the, pers- the purpose and the reason for the Sabbath. So he's asking a very simple question. What they did is they remained silent. And then the Bible says as they said nothing. Jesus looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. He looked at them and he's like, really? This is, this is the most obvious question 
but you won't answer it. And he was angry and deeply distressed. This word anger and this concept of deeply distressed, there's actually a Greek word for that. And the Greek word, if you translated it really, really cleanly, it means that he grieved with them. And so he looked at them and he said, I am, I am angry and distressed. I'm grieving. How, how could you miss this? A loving God gave you a gift that you would not have necessarily realized you needed called the Sabbath. God is looking at you and saying, you know what I want for... I actually don't want all of your work and I don't want all of your religious observation. And I don't want you getting out the Sabbath rule book and keeping the rules. I want you to rest and to stop and to be with me. I, I'm, I'm righteously angered and I'm frustrated that you're stubborn about this. You want to do things that exhaust you. You want to eat the Twinkies of your life. You want to fill up on those things because their rule book for the Sabbath was about sowing and reaping and cleaning. Our rule book for the Sabbath is usually about entertaining and moving and doing what we want and having a day off and having freedom and not wanting to feel locked down. And, and, and Jesus would look and say, guys, ah, uh, listen. If you lean in to your rule book, to whatever you've decided it means to stop, rest, and reconnect with me, when you write that yourself, you will always be busy. You, you will always be in the rat race. It, you'll never slow down. You will always be exhausted. It, you, you'll ne it, it's a, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And most tragically, you'll never be connected to me. Well, I, I, listen, to the, I listen to some music and a pot. I know, but you, I know you know about me and I know you're religious. But you're never replenished. You're never restored. Now, I love what he does. He looks in essence and he says, you guys want to see what this looks like? You want to see what it looks like? You want to see what the, you know, you want to see what the Sabbath played out correctly looks like? What a relationship with me looks like? Hey, guy with a shriveled hand, stand up. Stand up. When you come to me, and you stop, and you rest, and you reconnect. You know what it looks like? He said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Jesus is looking at the Pharisees and looking at his disciples and saying, you know what the Sabbath does? It does this. Because your soul is withered up. Your, your, your body is exhausted. Your mind is exhausted. Your soul is depleted. You are withered up on the inside. And, and a Marvel movie will not restore that. A great day at the lake will not restore that. Sitting around and, and 
playing video games all day will not restore that. In fact, it actually empties that. But if you'll come to me and stop and rest and connect, I will restore you. Just, just like I did this guy's hand, this is a physical representation of a spiritual truth. Later on, Jesus, kind of with this teaching as a, as a background, he says this, he says this in Matthew 11. He says, come to me. That's the Sabbath. The Sabbath is us saying, you know what? I, I'm stopping, I'm resting, and I'm, I'm like engaging. I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm making it a point. We would often call it coming to church or being a part of worship or joining the body life. Like we, we have like environments that we do it, but that's the spirit. I, I'm stopping, I'm resting, and I'm, I'm purposely walking to God. I'm going for that reconnection. I'm going to pick up the protein instead of the Twinkies. Come to me, Sabbath, all you who are weary and burdened. This, this is not just tired and bored. I'm, I can't do it. I, I, I can't handle it. I'm so weary. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The rest is in Christ. It's in the I. It's not in entertainment, which is a fine thing. It's not in going and playing for the day, which is also a fine thing. These things are not sins, but they're not the I. They're not Christ. And the Sabbath is Christ. I'm coming to Christ. You'll find rest. Take my yoke, my teaching. What kind of teaching? Here's a teaching that God would have for us. You should work seven days and work six days and rest on the seventh. Take my pattern, take my understanding, take the fact that I am your creator and I know how you work. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, your personage, deep peace, rest. You'll find rest. For my teaching is easy. It's not 39 categories. My teaching is easy and my burden is light. Why did Jesus harp on the Sabbath? Because he's looking at you and me and teaching his disciples that he is Lord of the Sabbath. That the principle is not that we need to stop on Fridays and refire on Saturday night. That changed when we moved from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The principle of the Sabbath is that I need to build into my life the boundaries, the bandwidth to be with God. And running from thing to thing to thing to thing. If you're a disciple in the ancient world, I got to fish, I got to fish, I got to fish. I got to talk to people, I got to talk to people, I got to talk to people. I got to get bread, I got to get bread, I got to get bread. 
If you're a disciple in the modern world, I gotta work, I gotta work, I gotta work. I gotta entertain, I gotta entertain, I gotta entertain. I gotta be with my friends, I gotta be with my friends, I gotta be with my friends. I gotta be on social media, I gotta be on social media, I gotta be on social media. See, It's just how we busy our lives. And Jesus is saying, you need rest and you get it from me and only from me. I wanna heal and restore your soul but you got to stop. You got to stop. You have to rest. You got to put it away. And then it's not just put it away and fill it with Twinkies. You have to reconnect with me. Right? It's why we come to church. Coming to church and being with other believers is a, is a unique experience. Why? Because the Spirit of God is a part of it. It's why we worship. Why? Because music expresses our soul. That's why we love Hamilton and we, why we love the next big pop song or country song. It, it, somehow it's connected to our soul. That's why we sing at church and we worship God. We're connecting to God. See? And we connect to each other. We serve each other. We on purpose schedule time to love our neighbor which is the number one way that, we ref that reflects our love for God. And, and we, we do that and we recharge, see, we recharge. Guys, if you put into place a Sabbath practice, I, I, let me tell you what I bet will happen. I bet if you said something like, something like, you know what, uh, screens off, phone off, blah, blah, off, right? I, I bet if we just had a down day. I bet you something like this would happen. First of all, I bet you'd fall asleep because most of us are so drained physically that the moment we pause, we fall asleep. Isn't that fascinating? So I bet you'd fall asleep. Secondly, I, I, I bet you, you would start to think thoughts you don't normally think. You would start to ponder like a different level of your life than you would normally ponder. I bet you that you would notice the beauty that's around you. You ever notice the beauty of like your own home? The beauty of your own yard, the beauty of your own car, the beauty of your own children or spouse? You see, we kind of take it for granted because we never stop and look at it. So I bet you that would happen. I bet you you would start to think about people that you want to connect with. Because whenever you connect to God, you start connecting with people. And so, so you might start to think about, you know, we should get together with so-and-so, or I should check in on such-and-such. -such. Or, you know, I haven't seen my friends since they made us move off campus. I should text them and find it. I bet you that would happen. I bet you, you would start to reprioritize your week. You know, I was gonna do this, this, and this. You know what, I'm not sure that that's as important. I should get together with so-and-so and try to make it to life group. And I bet you would reprioritize your week. And I bet you that as you stopped, your head would clear and reset. I bet you that as you rested, your tension levels and anxiety and stress would come down. Because I, I'm just not... I'm not gonna bear the burdens of the social media world right now. Right? 
And I bet you that you would start to reconnect with God. I bet you, you, you wouldn't want like uh, hip hop on. I bet you, you would want like worship music on. And you would start to reconnect with God. And then I bet you this, I, I, I bet you sushi. I bet you this. I bet you, you'll look back on that day when you rested, maybe when you served somebody for the day or part of the day, when you worship God, when you spent time in his word. I bet you, you would look back on that day as the highlight of your week. And you would look at that day and say, that's, that's the day I felt like level, grounded, balanced. And Jesus would look and say, right, the Sabbath is for you. You're not made for the Sabbath. And then Jesus would look and say, by the way, this isn't about a time frame. It's about me. I am for you. And it's not that you put in a, a down day. It's that you put in a day where you and I were together. And you came to me when you were weary and burdened. And I gave you rest. I'm not a God that packs you full of burdens. I'm a God that loves you and wants to restore the parts of your soul that are withered and broken. A good, loving, gracious God. And the disciples learned this. Something they know about their whole life and they kind of dreaded their whole life. They're like, oh, say, oh, it's Christ. It's the Messiah. It's him. Right? And he's the one who gives the meaning and purpose to our lives. Right? Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. Thank you. Help us with this, God. Help us. Help us with our schedule, Lord. It, it's it's. We have to make time to do this, but mostly meet us there, right? Meet us there, restore our soul and build into us. Lord, you know us and you know that we need you. You know that we need your love and your grace and your restoration. And God, I pray for everyone that's under the sound of my voice right now. Our souls are weary. We're living in a stressful time. We have personal stresses. And God, we're weary and we're tired and we're heavy laden and help us to come to you, Lord. Maybe we start a Sabbath practice. Maybe we just make it a discipline to end or begin our day with you, but help us to, to embrace the restoration that you want to give us. Lead us this way even now, Jesus, in your name. Amen.